0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Plannerverse. With me is the illustrious Steve Morton. Hello, Steve.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm good. It's nice to see you. I see him inside the arch of his little boom microphone, so he looks like a saint today. He looks like he's being haloed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Saintly. Yeah, no, not quite.
0: (laughs) Far from, eh? (laughs) Well, welcome welcome to episode 82. We're calling this episode Productivity 201. We're elevating the level from 101 to 201 and we're calling this Distraction Therapy. And so people like Sam Menzies, hi Sam, by the way, we hope you're driving around in your car listening to us. Uh, we hope people like Sam can not get distracted by this Distraction Therapy <laughs> episode. And the, the point as hard of the, as we try. Right, right. It's indeed. <laughs> trying harder every day. Uh, the point of this episode is so that we can discuss the elephant in the room when it comes to planning and all the other things that attack planning when we're sitting down to plan or when we're having ideas come to us. And I realized having read Alan Henry's article, I think it was on Lifehacker, was it? Was it Steve Life Hacker? Yeah. Um, If you want to contact him, you can contact Alan at lifehacker.com. He had interesting points that we had mentioned before in some of our other episodes, uh, but he had put them in a way that made me realize that one of the things about productivity, and we're talking about productivity for all here, not just for those that work in an office environment. This is productivity for home life productivity for those of you that raise children, productivity just in general for everyone across the board, to be able to leave time for yourself and the things that you want to do, not to free up time to do more work, right? So <laughs> generally, that's what happens, and, that, and that's how uh, technology gets sold to us, right? It'll give you more time, I think you're like, oh, I have more time to do more stuff now, <laughs> So you haven't escaped the, the hole. You've just dug yourself deeper into it.
1: Yeah, I, I bought four hours last last week. You know, I, I added them onto my Friday or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <That's> right, right. <laughs> From the company that sells time, is it? Is it time management? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're never they actually... They said it
1: was, a, it was a best offer, so I I took it, <laughs> you know.
0: And I have a guy who's going to sell you a bridge. Um, so so one of the, <laughs> the top points that I appreciate that Alan was talking about... Um, was the sleep-wake time. I don't know about all of you all. I have a horrible time with my sleep. I need. I, I sleep with, uh, uh, with a veteran who decides that every night is going to be a different night, and so I'm always at the mercy of how he's going to be sleeping. Add to that equation a bulldog who needs cuddles very often at 3 in the morning. So there you have my sleep life. And one of the things that I enjoy doing and realize that is if I sleep and wake at the same time every day, there is a consistency that allows my body to understand that it's time to go to sleep and it's time to wake up. And this makes for wonderful or easier, I should say not so wonderful, sometimes wonderful, but easier wake-ups when things don't go exactly as planned. Um, and so, Steve, do you have that? Do you do you find that now that you're semi-retired, you, you go to sleep and wake up at the same time, or is it...
1: It varies Dramatically I still try and get Same sort of I aim to get Seven hours sleep Every night But Quite often I can sometimes Wake at sort of Five in the morning And then Struggle to get back to sleep So I just Get up Go and do something And then Go back to bed And sleep till whenever But I do have The luxury Of not having to be At work As it were At a Set time Of a particular day I do have the odd day, of course, where I have to be somewhere at a particular time. So that's those days I do set set alarms. But apart from that, I never set an alarm clock. So well, even though I mean, I I work from home.
0: Yeah, I work from home. I don't have to be anywhere technically in the morning, Hmm. but I still wake up. I still get dressed. I still go into my office. I still do work. And. I think having that routine in place and having those parameters where my body knows that, okay, now it's time to get dressed, right? Now it's time to get washed up and so on. Uh, that helps establish a routine that, that removes a distraction of, oh, I forgot to do one more thing. So if you have a routine, it removes that physical distraction of having not having that there. Uh, another tip that Alan talked about that I absolutely abide by and I recommend everyone do this if you haven't done this, this is an absolute wonder product is get yourself a set of noise cancelling headphones. Uh, if whether you work by yourself or in a group setting or where unless of course you're working as I don't know pilot bringer of airplanes you don't to, <laughs> you don't want to get that but if you're working in an environment that's noisy and you can afford to isolate yourself then, do so. Um, Isolating your senses is a fantastic way to travel. And I recommend that also for travel. That's why people have sleep masks and earbuds and all the things that people have when they fly, because they're trying to isolate themselves from the environment. And so noise canceling headphones are the way to go. I, what do I use, Steve? I think I have a set of Bose headsets um, that I use, Mm. but they're fantastic. And Get a set that you can listen to music through, because not all noise-canceling headphones allow you to listen to music as well. So make sure that you can listen to music. And <laughs> do you use them, Steve, or do you just use your regular headphones? I
1: do occasionally in the office, but I do find that it can be sort of quite off-putting that you're you seem completely isolated from the world, so... I tend to limit myself time-wise if I'm using them to only use them for, you know, if I'm doing something that does require a lot of concentration, I'll only use it for that time. I don't sit with them on sort of, for you know, a full eight and nine hours during the day because you just feel so disorientated after a while and not being able to actually you can see people's lips moving but you can't actually oh. hear them
0: <laughs> well that's funny that you say that actually because that brings me to my next tip that he has which is he mentioned the pomodoro technique and you know that mm. we've we've talked about the pomodoro technique here often for those of you that don't know uh, this was a technique invented by an italian guy who used his mother's uh, tomato kitchen timer to allow himself to graduate on time and with high marks and the way he did that was that he he used his chunks of productivity is what he called it to set the timer to 20 minutes do work undisturbed for 20 minutes undistracted no beeps boops all the other stuff that go on with being Mm. distracted and then when the timer goes off you give yourself a break and you've completed one pomodoro hence the name tomato pomodoro uh so I recommend this. And in fact, so as you mentioned, you don't want to wear those headphones all day long because it's disorientating. What you want to do is set the timer. There are so many, you can use an app if you want. They have timer apps. They have all kinds. You can get yourself a TikTok timer. Any kind of kitchen timer will do. And just set that sucker to 20 minutes and give yourself the undisturbed time that it takes to focus on what it is that you're trying to accomplish The headphones will come in handy here because you can avoid all the other noises that distract you. And if someone does disturb you, if there's a knock on the door, an email, a phone call, something comes through, you can take a moment to say, you know what, I'm in the middle of something right now. I'll call you back in 15 or whatever it takes to move Mm. the process forward. Because then you actually train your brain to focus and have productivity spurts. And you can count how many tomatoes, quote unquote, how many tomatoes you've completed during the day. And this way, you end up becoming more and more productive in less time. It frees you up to do the things you want to do.
1: If you're using that sort of technique, which, of course, you don't automatically, or you shouldn't automatically sort of follow, say, one 20- 20 or 25-minute session mm. with straight away with another 25-minute, use the five-minute break to sort of get up, go and make a coffee, if you're predominantly working at a screen, it's it's good to sort of pull away from the screen every right. half hour or so anyway, so you're focusing at a f- much further distance and what have you. And it also helps from the point of view of, you know, your circulation and what have you to sort of get up and walk around for sort of five minutes. So certainly you should certainly do that once an hour at least, um, yeah. twice an hour even better.
0: Well, neurologically speaking, the idea of the Pomodoro Mm. technique has been embraced by a lot of of scientists and and people in the industry. Uh, And the reason being is that it frustrates your brain because you may be right smack in the middle of having figured out or the crux of whatever it is that you're working on and the timer goes off. You don't have to be a fascist about it, right? You can continue working for another minute or so to get your idea out. <laughs> but the idea is that if you stop right there and you take that five-minute break, you come back, your brain is is hankering to get the idea out of it and onto paper. And so you find that there is another spurt of productivity that comes along mm. with frustrating your brain in that sense. Um, which leads us to the next point that Alan Henry was talking about, which is... The single-tasking instead of oh yes multitasking. <laughs> Steve and I had a very good chat prior to the recording. Sometimes I wish we ought to, we ought to record our pre-recorded sessions because I think sometimes there's <laughs> gems in there. Um, but the idea is that you'll anyone... beep to censor. <laughs> yeah right. Oh well, beep beep beep. Um, <laughs> uh, the idea is that anybody who says. Um, Know, they can multitask as a badge of honor should have that stripped away from them and beaten with it right there's, there's there's no no multitasking really that's going to be successful in that you are overworking the parts of your brain that need to be focused in fact and you had given me a fantastic example Steve you want to bring that up
1: we, we, we sort of talked about this before didn't we in that when when you do multitask Your actual efficiency at multitasking will depend. Let's say you're just doing two things at once. And I gave a wonderful example of of ironing shirts. It's something I do. It's wonderful, isn't it,
0: people? Wonderful. Ironing shirts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If I watch, say, YouTube or TV or something like that at the same time I'm ironing shirts, it takes me a lot longer to iron the same number of shirts than if I just... Iron the shirts with no distraction of the screen, sort of thing. Mainly because I'm trying to do two things, which require me to to look at things, to either watch the TV and listen and take it in at the same time. I've seen where, I, you know, making sure I've got the thing flat on the ironing board, to make sure I'm not going to put more creases in than there's there already, sort of thing. Yeah. So it, it doesn't always work out. You know, it, it's quite a useful time to catch up on videos and what have you but I quite often find that if I do it that way you know the time goes by and I'm so much slower than had I had no distraction so let's say I listen to music instead you know the music doesn't distract me from the, the sort of main task that I'm trying to do sort of thing and I think that's the important thing, is, is finding the balance. If you are going to multitask at the same time, some people do it very well, some people don't do it very well. And I'm, I suspect I'm one of the ones that don't, um, is to actually sort of pick two things that you know are not are sort of mutually compatible with each other, not sort of both fighting for your time sort of thing. Well, and that's, yeah, that's
0: the, that's the thing though. A lot of people, I do, I listen to music while I edit, Mm. but it's not just any music. It's very specific ambient or classical type music that allows my brain to focus even more on Mm. what I'm doing. So if you're listening to music that allows you to focus on what you're doing, then that's an enhancer. As opposed to Mm -hmm. what we were talking about during that example that you gave, which is if you're listening to process and take in the second task versus also processing to make sure that you're not burning holes in your shirts and you're not creating more creases than there already are. (laughs) Now you've actually disturbed the focus of one and you're getting half the attention of neither, right? So that's Mm -hmm. the idea is that it's not that you should isolate yourself, but whatever it is that you use should enhance your are focusing uh, levels versus distracting. And I like that one of the things Alan Henry said in his article said, he goes, minimize distractions. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? You're just gonna put that out there, right? <laughs> I mean, everybody knows you have to minimize distractions, but what are some things that you can do to minimize distractions? And then I thought about it. Number one, um, tell people that who live with you or are with you in the same building or office to leave you alone for the next hour or 20 minutes. Mm. Have a note out on your door. Mm. Stop your phone ringing, beeping, booping, all the other stuff that goes on with it. Mm. Uh, Turn off
1: notifications.
0: Right. Make sure you don't have anything pending in the next 20 minutes that is going to require a calendar notification to go off and say, hey, you have to go to the doctor's right now. Right. So, in other words, yeah, they're kind of obvious, but because we have so many things floating around in the background, we may forget. To shut these things off, or make notes, or make obvious notes for the for others around us to to participate in our focusing. So um, another point that he makes that I really like this idea is uh, making productivity your lifestyle, and I think that's part of what we're trying to accomplish here at Plannerology. What the whole underground movement of well, it moved from underground to overground, didn't it? From philofaxy, where we had about. Mm eight hundred or so members about four or five years ago and then suddenly now we have how many members do we have now? It's about three thousand, four thousand. On
1: that group's about eleven and a half thousand. Holy
0: smokes, yeah. That that's <laughs> moved up. So what is this? What is this incessant? I and mean, even the article, right, mentioned, Steve, I think you had mentioned it that you just keep buying these productivity apps, and nothing seems to yeah. work, right? There's a reason for that. <laughs> and, and if you, <laughs> if you want to make productivity your lifestyle, doesn't mean you have to spend your income uh, on making productivity happen. Finding
1: all the, the time. right app,
0: right? Yeah. But what you do have to do is you have to start tweaking a system that works for you. Look at the times when you're most focused. Try to look back during the week and make a note if you're noticing that you you have a certain time of day where you're more alert and you're spending more time reading or you have the ability to concentrate more, then make a note of that and start blocking off days and times in the week to set that time aside for when you know you're going to be focused. That's so helpful.
1: Aim for that time to be used for the big tasks that require more attention. And they're they're sort of the ones that you can, you know, the, the big tasks that, take you know a lot of focus you can get them out of the way and then you can use the sort of less productive time for the sort of smaller things, you know, putting the bins out and and, and stuff like that sort of thing um, you know, which isn't so much maybe not as time critical but it just has to be done on a particular day sort of thing, so right. it doesn't matter whether you do it in the morning or you do it sort of um, you know, last thing in the day I, I did like the Um, thing in the article where it says about practicing productivity not just during your work life and we just we discussed that a bit didn't we where you know people that work at home like yourself where you've got this constant mix of work and home all in the same place You, you know you you can't sort of be only productive in work and and not in the home you have to practice it in both I think Otherwise, you know, you got one one side fighting against the other yeah. sort of thing all the time. Well, that's and why you make productivity juggle. your
0: lifestyle, right? If you make it your lifestyle, yeah. then you've it got, sort of permeates. You've got to throughout. juggle
1: your priorities so much, haven't you? Um, you know, and, um,
0: oddly enough, Steve, pri- priorities became pluralized later on in life. Initially, when the word was first came out, it was priority singular, mm. and people would have one priority. And then they would attack Mm. the next priority (laughs) and so on and so (laughs) forth. But now we've multiplied them. And so we have five, six, seven things going on at the same time. And I I think that's part of making productivity your lifestyle is realizing that if you focus on uh, concentrated bits of 20 minute effort, you'll find you're going to get a lot more done than trying to lay it all out throughout the whole day and taking two, three days to complete something that could have been completed Mm. in half a day's work.
1: I certainly like, you know, working through a list, you know, a to-do list, task list. Call it what you want. Um, and some some of the things are fairly small, small fry, really. Um, other things are sort of, you know, they're going to take a bit more time. But always keep adding to your list because if you leave it off, you yeah. you will forget forget to do it. And you don't need anything. You don't don't need clever apps and. All that sort of thing to do that sort of thing, just simple pen and paper works every time, doesn't it? It certainly does for me um a lot I only use an app as it were for the routine um tasks that get repeated on a sort of you know every week or um sort of monthly or every two weeks or something like that. I don't actually bother um adding constantly adding things to an app where I could just quickly write it down. Um, that sort of works far better for me, really, than, than anything else.
0: Well, that's why I like using the OmniFocus, uh, and because it does two functions for me. Number one, it has my ongoing list of things that have repetition to them. So once it's checked off the list the app automatically recreates another event for the following week, month, year, whatever Mm. cycle it's on. So I don't have to think about putting it back into that again. And two, the app actually reminds me when I'm out and about that I had put down that I wanted to pick up an article at a particular store. And so it will tell me, hey, you're within geographic range of that store. While you're out here, did you want to go ahead and pick that up? And that to me is part of using technology to help me with my process of planning, because I'd rather complete tasks in groupings and contexts, as you know. So if I'm out, I'd rather do all the things that I have to do while I'm out than have to come back in then go back out again. Right. So that's the concept of blocking off, I guess, in terms of where and when I'm going to be. You have to have the time-space continuum. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you rip a hole in the fabric of the universe and we can't have that. You're always going to have a where and a when. It's impossible to, otherwise it just doesn't function. Um, But I, I like the idea of making productivity a lifestyle so that there's no, I don't know, when I think of this concept as a lifestyle, it takes the stress and the urgency off of having to accomplish everything today. And the realization that in fact you can just start setting up your lists, you can start setting up the things that are unfinished and that need loops need to be closed on things that are sometimes perpetuate themselves and sometimes can be finaled off. Um, but in this case when dealing with distraction therapy, the idea, as Alan said, right, is to put things on paper because your brain is for having ideas, not for keeping them. And the more mm. ideas we keep in our head, the less we're able to relax and to leave time for ourselves to do the things that we want to do when we have free time instead of sitting there and going, oh, well, I have extra free time. Let me add more work to my list.
1: No, you know, you need sort of relaxation time, time away from, you know, work orientated tasks, um, routine stuff and all the rest of it. You just need that sort of get out and go for a walk or listen to some music or read a book or something like that, you know, lock yourself away and just sort of get away from the world sometimes, um, you know, get out of Facebook is another favourite one of mine. <laughs> Don't mine go the near it for, <laughs> for sort of half a day or so and then say, oh, well, never mind <laughs> when it comes back. Well, but, um, and
0: that's the whole point, right, to be able to block off time. And when you get good at being productive, you become good mm. at being able to plan out holidays. You become good at being able to understand when would be a more productive or a least productive time in your schedule so that you can plan for a holiday based on that. So, for example, I know the ebbs and flows of my business and I know right around November, December, I don't get orders coming in. So right around that is when we plan a little holiday to get away. And then it's pick it picks it right back up end of January, so I have up until January to go where I want to go do what I want to do, and I don't sit there and worry because there's other things on my list of household chores of other things that need to get done mm. that are taking the place of this empty space, so you you want to be using your time well, I mean, what is this push for productivity, Steve? It's not like we're just trying to be these busy bees all the time, right we're trying to be successful members of society so that we can contribute to the overall goodness of the planet right i mean ultimately
1: i think it's it helps you sort of balance out um you know work if you like against your own sort of personal life as well having that work-life balance by being more productive particularly people as i said earlier that people at work from home sort of thing trying to get the the work life balance gets harder to do I would think rather mm. than actually go into an office or go into a um, a factory or whatever where you're actually going somewhere and therefore you've made that switch when you're actually at home it's 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 almost sort of too tempting to sort of think oh well I won't do anything this morning I'll do it this evening mm. and so you your work sort of time shifts through the day and you might be dipping in and out of work things at sort of odd sort of times during the day sort of thing and the the problem with that doing that is is if you're not careful and, and you don't keep an eye on what the clock is you know or keep a look out the window in my case it's a bit difficult because it's behind me and, you know, I don't notice it going going dark outside some days because the lights are on in here. Right. And someone said, oh, it's gone dark. And so I'll have to go upstairs and close the shutters and do stuff like that. But it it, it shifts. Your, your work day suddenly starts expanding into your own personal life day if you're not careful. And so, you know, becoming more productive helps you focus that, Day, day down so you actually stick to sort of working say only a sort of a, a seven hour day or an eight hour day or whatever it is you're comfortable with doing um and then hopefully you can get some sort of you know brain rest as it were by doing other things other than work and that's, that's the yeah. main thing for me yeah
0: well and that's part of the reason why i ended up working for myself is so that I can have the luxury to dictate those things. Um, So, for example, if I don't want to work one day, I have the luxury. I can afford to not work that day if I'm having an off day or I don't feel like I'm being creative or whatever the issue may be, and I can go ahead and do other things. But that's as a result of being productive. It doesn't Mm -hmm. happen uh, without a structure it's sort of like saving money. Yeah? Um, you save money and you want to have a pile of money that you can throw away at the end of the month. Let's say you have extra 200 left over. If you account for that 200, you can spend it however which way you want. But if you never account for it, that 200 is going to get spent. You're going to have nothing to, to play with. And so we're talking about mm. time in terms of when we talk about time management. Steve joked earlier, you can't really buy any more of it and you can't give it away. You have what you have. Uh, And so if you actually honing it and and curating your, your time, then what you end up with is a lot of time that you can play with and you can juggle and move around so that it's convenient for you, not for other people, right? You want to try to make things more convenient Mm. for you. I I suppose it's a selfish statement, but ultimately uh, what I mean is that if there's, if you're not taking care of you, then there's nothing else that's going to happen in your life.
1: And of course, the other obvious thing is is once time has been spent, spent in inverted commas, as it were, Mm -hmm. you can't go back and revisit it, can you? You know, it's happened. If you do have to repeat something, you've got to do it all over again. You you can't sort of go back and rerun sort of Thursday last week sort of thing, you know.
0: (laughs) Now, if anyone (laughs) anyone has a time machine, I suggest you meet me at the corner of, you know, (laughs) come and get me. I'm really wanting to travel. Um, but
1: how many decades yeah. do you want to go back? <laughs>
0: <laughs> go back a week. Um, but yeah, so so um, Steve, any final thoughts for our listeners?
1: No, I think it it it's a very sort of personal thing in terms of you know identifying sort of your your own sort of strengths and weaknesses as well as in a way and and how you adapt to using whatever method. Um, what suits you best, how you use it sort of on a day-to-day basis. It's finding the, the one that works best for you, I think. Um, you know, we can't preach that you must use this particular method or that particular method. Um, you know, which, it's like saying, oh, you must use this size plan and, of course, that doesn't right, work. Right, um, But, you know, just take some time to think about it. Explore um Ideas and things like that naturally there's going to be a link to this particular article in the show notes so take a look at that um and you know we'll endeavor to you know we're obviously going to revisit elements of this um again in the future sort of thing but um it's it's one of these things that you know fascinating that, you know, people keep revisiting the same sort of things and we're having, we discover something new each time, I think.
0: I, I agree. Well, we put our own twist on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Steve, where can we find you so, in, the, in the hallmarks of, of the interwebs?
1: In the interwebs, you'll find me as usual at filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com and as Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram, and where may we find you, madame?
0: You can find me at throatpunchresumes.com, at planarology.com, and on Facebook, uh, the Planarology and Throat Punch pages, and on Instagram as Karine Tovmasian, botherer of Mr. Philofaxi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, folks, if you enjoyed our podcast, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. And also, if you really like it, we would appreciate it if you did a, wrote a little review on iTunes. Maybe. Anyway, take care and have a good day.